0: Welcome to the Wheel of Sports, brought to you by Melbourne's Turnstile Network. My name is Ian McNally, and with me, it's Matt Lavery. Hello again. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty well, Matt. We, we, we're we coming on the back of uh, you know a beautiful Christmas here Absolutely. in
1: Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> so festive. <laughs> so hot. Uh,
0: look, we do struggle being uh, from the northern hemisphere, having you know singing. The weather outside is frightful, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's seven degrees. Yeah, which is frightful in itself, but <laughs> in a different respect. And you know, having snowmen and all that sort of stuff. So we'll spin the wheel and see. Uh, we're going to go on another sport and adventure. Hopefully, this. Uh, uh I'm quite keen. I've got a few in the barrel ready to go. I'm very excited to hear from this. <laughs> so so this, this episode is golden moments. Oh. Another one. Another one. Gold. <laughs> it's almost like this wheel has got a mind of its own. <laughs> <laughs> this wheel laughs in the face of probability. Absolutely. You know, Why not? We can have two golden moments in a row. Here we go. I'm going to take this one because... I love this sport. Okay. The sport is called darts. (laughs) (laughs) Now, not everybody classes it as a sport. But why not? Because it's been associated as a parlor game, as a game um, that can be played indoors, that, uh, you know, anybody of any age can play. But where do you draw the line? It's, It's surely a
1: sport. It's on Sky Sports. It must be a sport.
0: <laughs> well, yes, it is. And I am a firm believer it's a sport because you need concentration, endurance. You need skill, technique. You need good math skills. They train. They so they do train, And yeah. they're fine. It's a sport. Look, I would imagine the 2004 World Championships did undermine it being a sport because Andy the Viking for them. Won the final, and he had consumed over twenty-four bottles of beer during becoming world champion. That does undermine it as a as an athletic but point do of you view. Know what, though you you would say that about other
1: sports, you know, just because of the level of professionalism has nothing to do with the uh, seriousness of the sport. You know, a lot of the the cricketers, for example, would have consumed a lot of beer whilst on top. You know, during test matches and. lunches and things and tea time maybe not now but that doesn't mean that cricket's just become a sport
0: (laughs) because of a level of professionalism uh, but i suppose andy the viking for them he he was he had a very professional attitude to drinking (laughs) i mean he had a resilience and determination to but he now that's a sport i feel i could be You know, I could train to be good You could be a part of. (laughs) He drank over a slab of beer during winning. Now, that's... How good is he? Like, he's good (laughs) beyond the point. You you think his opponent was sober? (laughs) It's like a handicap. (laughs) (laughs) A self-inflicted handicap. You know, they say maybe, like, one pint, two pints you might improve. But then it's diminishing returns after that. But I think
1: the people who say that are surely not nutritionalists. I mean, you w- Arsene Wenger wouldn't say that, would he? <laughs> like, he wasn't saying that.
0: I would love to see Arsene Wenger at, playing darts in the pub. <laughs> you know, the, the Queen's arms with a, with a pie and mash. <laughs> speaking one of his six languages (laughs) that's it that's how they did it in japan i imagine he'd be great at maths as well awesome venga what i'm going to focus on here in this episode is a phenomena in darts which is the nine dart finish oh okay now for those of you don't know too much about darts and i'm looking at you matt yes that would be me (laughs) For the listener, my hand's in the air. <laughs> yeah, because you're the only person here to tell. So, darts in the professional game, you throw three darts when you... Each time you go to the board, you throw the darts and you get a score. Now, it works on a subtraction basis. So, you start off with 501 points and you've got to get down to zero. But you have to get down to exactly zero. And you your last dart has to be a double now, a double is, there's one to 20 around the board in different order. And you have two rings, one outer ring, which is a double score. So if you score a double 20, 40 points you get for that little slither of red. And the inner ring, which the inner ring you get treble. For some reason, it's not called triple, which would make sense. It would. But it's called a treble. It's got a musical thing to it, hasn't it? And that's worth more than the bullseye, right? (laughs) Yeah, so if you get a treble 20, 60 points. Mm -hmm. And that's the highest you can score on the board. Now, there is... As a child, I just was all about the bullseye. Well, you're not... I've got a dartboard in my garden. Anyone who comes around, the layman... (laughs) 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 idiots <laughs> <laughs> just place the darts in the bullseye and say look what i just did yeah they love the bullseye they're drawn to the bullseye because naturally that's a smaller surface area on the board so you'd think that would be the highest score but you only get 50 for a bullseye but it does count as a as a uh, special finish so you can finish on a bullseye okay and the outer bull which is the mini ring around the bullseye is worth 25 points mm. so the skill of the dart player is they have to get down from 501 points to zero. Whilst e- drinking. Whilst, drink- <laughs> whilst drinking and eating pies. And in a very noisy room mm. as well. They have to do that and finish on a double as their very last dart. Now, the, the quickest way you can do this is in nine darts. So, three visits to the board amazingly, despite the fact how popular dart is and how many professional matches are played in each year and how many legs there are in each game, Mm. nine dart finishers are like hen's teeth. Really? They are so rare. And the other thing is, is that even if they happen, the chances of them being broadcast on television is even rarer. Really? So when one happens, this... Is a special golden moment. It's a golden moment, absolutely. So that said, because of the maths behind it, like, do nine dart finish. How many combinations do you think there would be to kind of finishing? I mean, I'm assuming like one combination, maybe, <laughs> maybe two. Three thousand nine hundred forty-four combinations. Wow. Okay. <laughs> See, Benga would have got there quick. <laughs> so you can have. 3944 different ways of finishing the game with nine darts. Wow.
1: So why is it so rare? <laughs> it sounds easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? It's a bit, You remember when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire came out on telly yeah. and they went, you've got to answer 15 questions. And we went, well, that, I could see how that could be hard. And they said, no, wait, you've got four choices on each question. Oh, that makes it a bit easier. And you also get three lifelines. You think, how does anyone not win the million? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's actually pretty tricky. So the most common finish would be, to throw your first three darts and get the maximum score, one hundred and eighty, or mm-hmm. as it's known in darts,
2: one hundred and eighty.
0: Now you do that twice. Now that gives you three hundred and sixty points, which leaves you with one hundred and forty-one points to get. Right now, then you and want. That's where they. That's the where maths the maths comes in. in. The fun maths. So oh. what you want to do, ideally, as a pro, you want to hit the treble twenty. This is probably in the most common finisher uh, is on your last three darts you hit treble 20 treble 19 which is down the bottom of the dot at the board and then back up the top of the board to double 12 to finish on double 12. okay now the reason that's one of the most popular uh, checkouts as it's called nice. <laughs> all the terminologies yeah I like that, yeah. yeah it's because most of the people who watch it probably work <laughs> in the supermarket <laughs> <laughs> As I have done myself. So, <laughs> so, bit of Dale Winton in there. Now, um, that's the most common checkout. And the reason is that it's spread out over the board. A fear of a darts player is that they're going to knock one of their darts out or Run out, out of the beer. board. <laughs> or they're going to, uh, you know, not be able to, um, they're going to cover the board in some way so they can't get the, the next dart in where yeah, they I want see. it. So by spreading out, it makes it easier. Yeah, it makes it easier, theoretically, for a good dart player. Now, the first ever televised nine dart finish was in the MFI World match play tournaments. Now, are you aware? Are you aware of MFI?
1: Is MFI? Is it like the old um,
0: home base or something? It, not far away. It's it's a like, it carpet. No, it, it, they no, they always had a carpet world next to them on industrial estates, like right, the retail okay. park. Yeah, yeah. MFI was like a forerunner for IKEA. Oh, it was okay. like all this um furni flat pack furniture that you build yourself, but it was terrible. <laughs> really like you used to get little wood glue and like dowels and stuff but the, the you'd always be missing something if you went into the store and like you wanted a tv cabinet they'd like say yeah yeah that'll be 800 pound you'd go go to the till and they'd put it all through and and you'd say where is it and they say it'll be with us in eight weeks <laughs> okay so it's it's closed now <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly. But they used to sponsor the darts? But they used to sponsor the World Match Play Tournament. And John Lowe, who anyone who knows anything about darts will know the lowdown.
1: <laughs> Was that his nickname? No, it shouldn't oh. be. No- <laughs>
0: Did they have nicknames back then? I don't know how popular nicknames were. Oh. Uh, I mean, that's one of the
1: things... That- about darts we could make it so marketable just amazing
0: nicknames we could do a whole episode just on darts nicknames and (laughs) the the also the challenge of the fact that a lot of darts players give themselves their nickname and that's not on is it you never give yourself a nickname a nickname is acquired it's put on to you
1: like paul ince used to call himself the governor yeah (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know if anyone else did. <laughs> One darts player who shall remain nameless, but you can look him up, he made a nine-dart finish and then from then on called himself the history maker. <laughs> I mean, that's brilliant. I can don't we, want to advise you. Can we set him? ourselves up with podcast nicknames?
1: that <laughs> <laughs> we give ourselves? <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> almost this MFI World Match Play tournament and we're definitely not sponsored by MFI still not in existence anymore. So i can say (laughs) it as many times as it wants. It was on the thirteenth of October in nineteen eighty four and John Lowe hit the nine dart finish and there's just this lovely moment in the in the audience of uh, first off you notice how quiet it is when they're playing. It's like a golf course when everyone they're about to tee off and everyone goes quiet.
2: So now low with the darts in the second leg. 180! With the first three darts.
0: Throw the three darts, and you can hear each one clearly going into the board. And then when he finishes the nine dart finish, the crowd just it's just this lovely collective moment of. They all know they've seen and witnessed something special.
2: travel eighteen, his next target. Yes, he wants two eighteens for a hundred thousand pounds. Yes. Yeah!
0: And it's 984, so people are quite far away. And they've got these electronic th- things that light up to show you where the dart's just gone in. Oh, like a digital board. Is yeah. It? Well, like basically like with little light bulbs in. Because they've got haven't got the TV screen.
1: So they've got like how would you describe it a, a screen with light bulbs behind it and it'll
0: light up the they, section of the board where the dart hit exactly so it's like a big dart board on either side of the board oh, and it just kind of lights up when they hit oh, <laughs> <that's laughs> a great great. part of the board um, tv's better matt <laughs> it's like high definition big
1: screens are better you should you should see if you could get one of those for your garden. <laughs>
0: I imagine it'd be expensive replacing the bulbs. Just dreadful. But John Lowe hit it and it's just this lovely atmosphere in the room of like everybody witnessing his special moments and him being the first te- now it wasn't live, but it was the first televised When you say in the crowd, you know, was it was it like wild? Was it elation or was it was it polite? Darts is almost like a cabaret audience, so you've got people drinking beer sat on tables in like a hall and the darts is at the front. And there's a crossover between, say, football fans and darts fans. But in 1984, it was a very kind of, yeah, go on, John. Okay. That kind of like just yeah. ha- happy, like slightly raucous.
1: the darts crowd these days, I imagine, is... Is different how it was in 1984. You know, in the last few years, it just seems very raucous, very lad
0: banter, a lot of bants, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. and people fancy the dress. T- the types of people who say bants, absolutely, <laughs> lad mag banter. Yeah, it look it, it. I suppose the exciting thing about this is 1984. You can notice the difference quite clearly in the contrast of how the sport changed mm. and how the entertainment side has changed as well. It's almost like it was a bit more serious in 1984. And I think, to think for those listeners who have, uh, you know, obviously every listener has listened to all the episodes, then when we covered the 1985 World MC Snooker Championship final, there's a crossover there between the snooker fans and darts fans as well. And obviously in snooker, they're very quiet when the players are playing, very respectful, but, you know, the tension... Builds up in people when they're watching because you get this crescendo at the end, and um, to release and let it out in that moment. Whereas the modern darts, I, I don't know if there's a crescendo. It's just constantly, just constant, <laughs> constant chatter and like noise, noise uh-huh. like all going on all the time. So the interesting thing is, John Lowe won a hundred and two thousand pounds for that nine darts. Wow! In nineteen eighty four. In nineteen eighty four. What's that in today's money? Like 300 million dollars. <laughs> it's a look who that you could probably have bought Belgium with 102,000 pounds. You'd be able to buy a house outright. Oh, well, the average wage, annual salary, then probably would have been around 10,000 pounds. Wow. So those nine darts were worth a lot it's actually uh interesting that he went on to win the tournament and the prize money wasn't close to right okay <laughs> wasn't close to that so then the nine dart finish and i think it was the money was so high because it had never been done before Right. so it was almost like uh when somebody's a fugitive and the police just put up a stupid reward because the longer it goes on the rarer it is that you're going to catch the, the yeah, felon. Okay. So they just think, oh, I'll keep putting it up until, you know, to provide the incentive. And there wasn't another televised nine dart finish until 1990. So six years went by. Six was years. Was dart
1: on TV a lot? Back in the late yeah,
0: then? so um, in fact, BBC Two, uh, which was a new channel uh, at the time, kind of in the late 70s, darts and snooker, were the first kind of color TV shows, wow. sports shows. So um, the really important, they were really important in, uh, BBC Two was really important in championing darts as a sport. And one of the key features that they managed to uh, unlock was how to film darts. It's very difficult because do you look at the board or do you look at the player? Well, ideally you want both. Mm-hmm. But if you're cutting every time, the darts are thrown very quickly and you lose either the expression or you lose the dartboard. Mm-hmm. So a guy who's working at the BBC said, well, try split screen. We can do split screen. Wow. So you have the face of the dart player on one side and the dartboard on the other side. And that was a game changer. But that, that was revolutionary. Yeah. Wow. So that just changed... The sport completely because the audience at home could see the tension and the fear sometimes of the player, but also they could keep up with with the board as well. Now so they didn't miss a thing. I, I, I yeah. thought you were going to say they used a mirror, <laughs> <laughs>
1: which also would have worked. Yeah, well, if you go back to 1984, I could save the BBC a lot of money.
0: Look, yeah, I mean the license fee is <laughs> too expensive, isn't it? So. Yeah, so it wasn't Paul Lim. Uh, it was Singaporean. Um, he he made the the next nine dart finish in the Embassy World Championship.
2: Fifteen. <laughs> Will you require one hundred and forty-one? Everybody cheering him on, hoping, and soisy. Yes. Yes. Double twelve. Yes! 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 It's Pauline! Pauline, the main event finish! Fifty-two thousand pounds! Can you believe it? Everybody standing! It's happened at last! In the world championship, Pauline!
0: He only won fifty-two grand. So they cut the prize money. The, well, the prize money—it obviously is different tournaments. But the prize money had, you know, it's almost half of the money to actually go on that. But that said, if you won the Embassy World Championship in 1990, you only got 24 grand. So the money's gone right out of it. Yeah, so the... It's less popular, is it? Yeah, darts was struggling popularity-wise. It was becoming more and more niche and uh i suppose also the diversity as we move through the 90s of choice and television the same as snooker as well it reached its pin- pinnacle in kind of the mid 80s where dart players and snooker players were household names right and then it started to tail off as you know cable tv comes in satellite tv comes in mm. and there is a split in in darts which we won't go into but the there's a split in between the the data authority and the players and some of the players decide to up sticks and create their own new um and not play in the official tournaments but create a new one so it was a big split and Sky TV played a huge uh, part in that as well so but we won't go into that now the first ever live TV, oh, so in the, in the 84 and night 84 90, and still, 90 still recorded okay. The first live nine dart finish. Hazard a guess? Recently, I'm guessing. 3rd of Feb 2002, Sean Greatbatch in the Dutch Open. Okay. Throws a nine dart finish. The first ever live nine dart finish. Globally? Globally. Wow, I thought we were just talking about in the UK, in
1: BBC. (laughs) Triple 20 gegooid. Triple 15.
2: Yeah. De 18 voor een negendarter. Ja, en gooit hij. Sean Greatbatch and de lijn. Ja, dan kun je Koestler weer uitschakelen. Dan denkt iedereen zo, die kan wat. En dan gooit hij een negendarter tijdens het Dutch Open. Yeah. Onvoorstelbaar. Op de Embassy hebben we het een keer meegemaakt. Paul Limmer 1990. Maar hier gebeurt het ook. Sean Greatbatch schrijft historie in het
0: The first live British nine dart finish. Was in the same year. And it was by Phil. Leprower. The
2: oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! He's on the line, daughter, for hundred thousand pounds. Three darts away from a hundred thousand pounds. It's never been seen live on television. Don't, Don't. Miss, miss. Potentially, this. making oh. Gotta really well a a one hundred. Got get the Double twenty with the first dart. Yes, he's got it. 12, 19. Double 12 for history! History! He's done it! He does 100,000 Well, you have to agree. That is a moment in television history. The first
1: nine I was hoping it would be him. Yeah. I've met him. Yeah? Yeah. Good guy. Um,
0: <laughs> leave it there. Shall I tell a story?
1: Tell a story. Um, See, my friend uh, uh, Sebastian arranged uh, for us to go to Wolverhampton
0: to watch the darts. Look, can I be honest? If I had a friend called Sebastian, I wouldn't be taking him to the darts.
1: <laughs> he took me. <laughs> but he, w- he works in the media uh, on television. And he um, I think the, that it was going out live on BT Sport, who he was working for at the time. And he got us backstage passes. So we had access all area passes. And this is just around the time when... The sort of modern darts has come in. It's so so popular with drinkers, and it's just a real party. We're drinkers, it's just a party. thought you going to say with like sports enthusiasts? No, no, or no, the not at all. Like Absolutely, just, not. <laughs> nobody's nobody's yeah. there for the sport. Everyone's there for the eight eight uh, liters of beer or something that you can <laughs> you can carry <laughs> at once. Um, so we're there, and then we went. Uh, we, as I say, we had access all areas. We end up backstage in the players' lounge, and they have warm-up dartboards. And we were playing with them, warming up with them. Wow! They, I mean, they hated us because <laughs> <laughs> we were just distractions. Um, some of them, some of them had a bit of time for us, but Philip Howard Taylor was just a professional. He was, it was a two-day tournament, and uh, he'd won his first game. was back due back the next day, and he just got out there, he shook our hands, but no time for banter. Um, he was in and out. So, yeah, he was nice, but he wasn't
0: chatty. I would say if you YouTube any clips of Phil the Power Taylor playing darts, I don't think there's a player in the game who has as much focus Mm. in his eyes as Phil Taylor. Like, probably even beyond darts. I don't think I've seen anyone focus as much as he focuses. Like, the level of concentration on his face. So, that does not surprise me at at all. So, I shouldn't take it to heart. No, no, most, my, most <laughs> definitely you should take it to heart. Poor Sebastian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, Paul Lim in 1990, who got the first world championship nine dart finish, and the first, the the second televised nine dart finish. The next nine dart finish in a world championship wasn't until 2009. So it's really rare then. So, F- Philip Power, Taylor, who got the, the first British nine-dart finish in 2002, that was in the world match play, not okay. the world championship. Mm-hmm. So there's been a 19-year stretch of world championship games without one nine-dart finish. Okay. This is... It's so rare, then. It, it, because it, it, even it's, at the top level, nobody's doing it. It's unreal. Like, and so Raymond, uh, Raymond van Barneveld... He got it in the January of 2009 and got 20 grand, 20 pounds, so 20,000 pounds. Is
1: that why they've stopped doing it? Because the money just keeps getting cut. Look,
0: 20,000 pounds for nine darts is still pretty tidy, isn't What's it? What's that, like
1: 20 seconds or so? How long would it take in total to throw the nine darts?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, probably 20 seconds if it just if you just worked out the individual. Yeah. Obviously, you've got to throw them, collect them, walk, <laughs> let oh, yes, your opponent throw so. them. Throw his three, then ah. you collect collects his and then But know, even while you're even waiting and walking you Yeah. What
1: five, ten minutes?
0: <laughs> not even not even. Not even that. Not even, no. <laughs> um strangely, at the end of that year, two thousand nine, in the World Darts Championship, the PDC, Raymond Van Varneveld knocks in another nine dart finish on the twenty eighth of December clocks himself £25,000 this time. Okay. So he's thrown 18 darts that year, which have earned him £45,000. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it?
1: That's not bad. That's good work if you can get it. The reason it doesn't happen more often, is there a strategy or a tactical reason why players wouldn't target it? Is it is it a high-risk manoeuvre? or is there, a, is there a way you can damage your chances of winning the, the game by... Attempting it?
2: No,
0: it's the most efficient way to finish. It's nine darts, but there's no risk-reward sort of
1: situation there.
0: No? no, like you, it's just it's, weird. It's then, just hard. It? Okay, it's just hard to do. It's not like in you know other sports, people can come and tackle you. Like no one's <laughs> you. You, it's you and the board. But it's amazing that it doesn't happen more often because, for example, my old football coach when he was growing up i remember him coming to training once and telling us he philip Howard taylor had done a like an exhibition match at his local club mm. and he just said to people shout out a number and people go double 12 bang out of bull bang <laughs> double 19 bang he could just hit everything so you do wonder why nine dart finishes aren't happening every game
1: yeah okay. yeah
0: it's but but it's a bit like a hole in one, I suppose. It's like every everything's kind of but you haven't got any wind <laughs> or the outdoors or rain or any other because it's an indoor sport, all those factors are you know, there's so many controllables in darts you would expect it to happen way more. And there's three thousand nine hundred forty waterfall ways of doing it, so Yeah, wow. But yeah, a nineteen year gap between world championship nine dart finishes you have to wait until december 23rd 2012 where dean win stanley hits a nine dart finish michael van gerwen in the semi-final hits a nine dart finish and then in the next leg of the same game michael van gerwen hits eight darts and misses the ninth.
1: oh no when he missed it
0: it didn't did it do that thing that always happens to me where you just
1: miss the board completely or <laughs> or even better where it, it it comes out again does that happen in darts uh, like they, professional level yeah so
0: it's still possible but what they've done uh, with the modern boards is they've made the wire very thin and they sometimes put in a, an angle on the wire as well so that assists the darts to not Jump out. That's, that's the difference. I'm playing with the old-fashioned boards. That's it. You're a, you're an amateur hour. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so it's not you to blame. No, no. It's not you to blame. I don't think so. So this phenomena of the nine-dart finishes is remarkable to me. But the one I'm going to focus on is Philip Power Taylor because Philip Power Taylor has hit more nine-dart finishes on TV than anyone He's hit 11 okay. 9 dart finishes so across good. his career. His closest rival, well, there's three of them. There's Adrian Lewis, Michael van Gerwen, and Raymond van Barneveld, who've all hit five. So he's a way ahead. He's a machine. And Michael van Gerwen is a relative newcomer to the game, he's a very tall Dutchman. He's the youngest player ever to hit a 9 dart finish. He was 17. Oh wow! Now, do you explain do you
1: have to be playing in a professional?
0: Like, for, I mean, you must. People obviously do it.
1: How does it, how does it rank? How do you? What do you have to? Is there a level you have to qualify to sort of make the list? Like,
0: no, uh, an, it has to be in a professional game, right? Okay, uh, and like, works. but
1: he's playing professionally at seventeen.
0: Yeah, and he can't even drink legally well, in the UK. Well he as can, as can drink in continental Europe. Yeah, okay, I see. So, that so that's sense. why it's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> so he you know he he's hit uh, it was on tv as well 17 years old goodness and he's hit four since then and uh let's put this in perspective that prior to 2006 there was only around 10 players to have made any nine dart finish in any tournament televised or not mm-hmm. it's only about 10 players now it's about 200 so they are they are cottoning on. So you know, they've Hang been, on, we could well, win more games. It day. shows you how much darts has become more popular and the standard of darts has gone up if, if the nine-dart finish is an indication of it. Has the drinking gone down? Yes. But not with the crowds. <laughs> <Not> it's <with the, laughs> probably gone off with the crowds. I'd say so. That said, only 25 players in history have had televised nine-dart finishes. But that's because, that must be becoming more popular. It's, it's, it's on TV a lot. It's on TV a lot. Why is not it more than 25? I don't know. But but Philip Howard Taylor, maybe it's just him on TV all the time because he's the mo- ma- man most likely to do it. So of those 25 players who've had their 9 dart finish televised, we've got two Dutchmen, two Scotsmen, two Belgians, two Australians, one Canadian, a Northern Irishman, 14 Englishmen, and a Singaporean. <laughs> Nice. so it's almost a list the world game yeah well it's almost a list of countries who drink aggressively <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. so, and who drinks the most aggressively the country with the most 14 englishmen it's no coincidence that like some of the prizes that they've different tournaments they have different sponsors the prizes have changed over time, so obviously 102,000 for the MFI World Match Play, but it hasn't been uncommon for them to offer cars as a prize, right. 20 grand, five grand, seven grand. It's all changed depending on the tournament where it's played, etc. The UK Open one year had 500 bottles of Budweiser <laughs> in that finish. Did anybody win it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Good. But you wouldn't want 501 bottles of Budweiser, would you? <laughs> What are you going to do with it? Build a house out of it? Yeah, I it's know. just ridiculous. Even in Dutch Open, you could win a Skoda. Nice. <laughs> so again, very, very peculiar. All of these combinations of things to try and encourage this elusive nine dart finish. Now, I'm going to focus in on the quarter final of the PDC World Match Play Tournament. It was pretty special because he won 100,000 pounds and it's in 2002. I mean to to Philip power Taylor is that that's probably sm- quite a small beer though is it? Philip Powell Taylor. I think I have down as he's a bit tight. Right. <laughs> so take think, it. I think I think he'd be doing it if it was like £8.50. Right. I think I think he definitely yeah. I, I, I remember a story uh, the British comedian Frank Skinner was telling where Philip Power Taylor was teaching him how to play darts. <laughs> teaching Frank teaching Skinner. Teaching Frank Skinner. Brilliant. He said, Frank, if you make this next shot, I'll give you ten pound. And he threw the shot and made it. Because he was really concentrating. Uh-huh. And Philip Power Taylor said, Look, Frank, I'm not, not going to give you ten pounds, but I just wanted to show you that that's the level of concentration you need to be world championship. <laughs> <laughs> so i think that illustrates that he is a tight ass and also that he, you do require that level of concentration to <laughs> become world champion so <laughs> that was special in 2002 because it was filmed in blackpool and blackpool for anyone who doesn't know is basically las vegas in the the las north vegas the north of england, of england. Yeah. yeah like everyone who was anyone performed in blackpool frank sinatra dean martin Marilyn, I don't know if she did, but some heavy hitters performed in Blackpool, and it's got the Blackpool lights, the tower. Blackpool gets six million visitors a year. It's the most visited resort in the UK outside of London. That is brilliant. I did not know that. Isn't it?
1: I've never been. <laughs>
0: I'm, gonna, I'm here to go. Uh, look, a word to the wise, don't take Sebastian. Uh, <laughs> the The black i know
1: i know about the blackpool tower they've got a big uh, ride there as well do they still have the theme park
0: yeah so uh yeah blackpool pleasure beach right okay and they have what i think it's still the tallest fastest roller coaster in europe which is one time the tallest and fastest in the world known as the big one that's a reason for me not to go i'm i don't like a roller coaster yeah no i i went on it six times one day you sick just, no we we just wanted to we it was expensive to get your photographs, so we wanted to get it right you know they only take it <laughs> we had to keep going on <laughs> to get the photograph right
1: uh, <laughs> cheaper to go on the ride than get your photograph taken
0: <laughs> yeah we could have had just had a photograph next to it nice <laughs> but no um so blackpool is a pretty special place for to put it bluntly for the british working class i mean mm. it it, it really attracts um because it's really cheap and cheerful and it's what people know that's why i get six million people visiting some of the rooms uh, that you can stay in a 10 pound a night we're, we, you know, so let's call a competitive pricing <laughs> strategy affordable <laughs> yeah and the dart is definitely something to look forward to so philip power taylor Absolutely sets the place alight by hitting this nine dart finish, and it's pretty special because on TV it's in the quarterfinal of the world match play. He's delighted, he even walks off stage and gives his wife a cuddle mainly because he's just won 100 grand. Nice
2: first target, <laughs> yes, great. Now 19, treble 19, yes, John, we've got to call it double 12 then for a nine dart finish. Yeah.
0: That's still not the pinnacle. The pinnacle for me is the 2010 Premier League. And he's playing James Wade. Now, Wade has also hit a nine-dart finish. A very talented player. This is, the Premier League is where dart in 2010 is probably at its most raucous. And the atmosphere is absolutely electric. This place is packed. And it's packed. Where is it? So it was at the O2 Arena in London, and then finished up in the Wembley Arena for the final. It's a pretty big venue, the yeah. O2 Arena. It's a pretty spacious, uh, cavernous kind of place to have full of hundreds, maybe thousands of intoxicated people. I'd say all
1: probably tens of thousands. Yeah,
0: all focused on a little board at the front. Yep. Like it's remarkable actually that a lot of these people would have probably found it hard to concentrate in school on a <laughs> on a bigger board, <laughs> but give them a couple of pints and a small board and a couple of great players in James Wade and Philip Power Taylor, and you you're laughing. So this is the quarterfinals. The game's played in legs, and it's only the second leg. It's it's very early on in in the game, and Philip Power Taylor just knocks out a nine dart finish well if this crowd didn't need revving up anymore they've just witnessed Dark history from
2: philip taylor hold your breath treble yeah! 17 yeah! double 18 for a moment of history yeah! he did it he did it Well, there is Philip Taylor, and there is his opponent, and that you have joined in and shared a moment again of sporting majesty and television history.
0: And Absolutely. Sid Waddell, who is the voice of darts, sadly no longer with us, from your part of the country in the northeast. Yeah. A very beautiful, suitable darts voice. In fact, Sid Waddell Probably is responsible for Dart becoming so popular in that period in the 70s and 80s because his voice just encapsulated the excitement, the joy, the drama, and also the kind of a working class accent that wasn't on the BBC very often. Yeah, okay. And here it was Sid Waddell with utter, unashamedly brilliant turns of phrase and commentary. And here he is commentating on this. He can't believe what's happening.
2: He used the two barrels. Eight. He got out, Isaac Newton. That was an apple falling. That third dart by Taylor. James chasing him though.
0: Phil, a power Taylor, another nine dart finish hammers it home. Phil is pleased with himself. Let's say mm-hmm. he's pretty pleased. Normally what happens in like in two thousand two in the PDC World Championship where he hits the nine dart finish in Blackpool, yeah. the first thing his opponent does is gives him a big cuddle. Yeah. Because he's just like, that's brilliant. Fair play. Great. S- sportsmanship. James Wade, not so much. <laughs> what does he do? stands there staring at the board. Oh. Ouch. Doesn't seem like much love is lost lost between Philip How Taylor and James Wade. Well, are they famously not mate? I I don't know. Let's say they're professionally competitive. Right, I see. So, as the game goes on, we get into the 15th leg. And they're pretty close, these two players. James Wade is hitting, he's on form. He's in the quarterfinals. He's hitting his fair share of 180s. The crowd, you know, they've had a fair amount of time now to digest that nine-dart finish. And then Philip Powell Taylor steps whispered up.
2: Whisper again, Sid. Uh, there's a 9 daughter in prospect here. Taylor hits another 180 or 177. He did a 9 daughter in leg two. had having won the first leg. He's after it again. What a gas be able to get this one. He oh, saw again. He's on it again. He did it in leg two.
0: 180. Bang. James Wade steps up, steps up. He knocks in. <laughs> then, Philip Power, another 180. He's on. He's on. Sid Waddell is losing his mind <laughs> because he's about, to, thinks he's about to witness a back-to-back nine-dart finish. Uh-huh. A nine-dart finish in the same game. Has that never happened? No. Wow. Not on TV. Definitely not. And so you think how rare nine-dart finishes are. And here we are on the brink of a nine-dart finish. James Wade is still diligently knocking in 180. Yeah. (laughs) But like we said before, you can't tackle your opponents. You can't stop them. It's them and the board. And then Phil steps up. Sid Waddell. In one of the greatest moments, I think, in sport and commentary history, the intonation on the final double 12 is just wonderful. It's <laughs> <laughs> Just a thing to behold. Beautiful sound.
2: They are both coming down in nine daughter style first pop, treble ninety. double 12! Go go go. Go. Dave, Dave Lennon, it, You are present in a moment of the greatest sporting history, Suddenly, in darts. Two non-darters and one night from Phil Taylor. Tell your grandchildren about that. That's the dart that did it for Phil Taylor, and that is historic. Dave Lanning said in late like five, he thought Phil was after two. Why on good? 2 nine non-darters! You it, but you must, here on your
0: this reaction again, James Wade, he knocks in the double 12 and the crowd just go berserk. Now, Philip Howard Taylor is pouting and he's jumping up and down. He's of a decent size, Phil. Yeah. He went on a TV show called Celebrity Fit Club. I remember that. I do. And it was for over severely clinically obese people. Yeah, to lose weight. Yeah, I to remember. To lose weight. He, he, I think he won it. He lost a huge amount of weight, uh-huh. became terrible at darts, put all his weight back on, became world champion again. So Philip Howe is carrying some extras, and he's, darts, you're wearing a silk shirt. It <laughs> leaves nothing to the imagination. He'd why is that? Why do they wear the silk shirts? Do we know? Static. <laughs> <laughs> Does it help?
1: I don't know. Yeah. A lot of electrical energy yeah. <laughs> gives the dart a bit of like a magnet,
0: maybe. I, yeah, I really don't know. Yeah, okay. But they play a slow mo of Philip dancing. Jump dancing. he's jumping up and down, not very high, but <laughs> it's enough. He's to coming make down lower. It's, yeah, it's enough to make his body wobble oh, no. in just a poetic way that you you just don't get in any other sport. Uh-huh. That's why darts are special. <laughs> but this was just the footage speaks for itself, the excitement of seeing this back-to-back nine dart finish, the brilliance of Philip Power Taylor, the concentration, the sternness of James Wade in his response to it you can kind of see in James Wade's face he's kind of thinking that was good (laughs) he's got like a brigudge in my yeah I don't want to smile yeah that was pretty good and so of all the nine dart finishes that was probably for me the most special that back-to-back one because it's so rare and also Sid Waddell just brilliant (laughs) fantastic that was brilliant so join us next time on the wheel of sport where we spin the wheel and we'll delve into some of the greatest sports stories ever told